We're going to be in Acts 20, just one verse today. Heavenly Father, in the season of giving, may we learn from your example. May we learn to trust your leadership. Would you bless those who give? Through Christ we pray. Amen. My Saturday morning group is walking through the book of Acts. It's a pretty exciting time to walk through the Apostle Paul as he's going from place to place. In Acts chapter 20, he is giving a farewell address to the Ephesian leaders, the leaders of the church of Ephesus. And he ends it. I mean, to think about this, he thinks this is the last time he's going to talk to them. So how does he conclude it? What words is he going to leave them with? He quotes words of Jesus, not found anywhere else in the New Testament. Acts 20, verse 35, remember these words of the Lord Jesus, because he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, first of all, it's kind of interesting because that's not quoted anywhere else in the Gospels. But it just kind of, it, it tells us how much of Jesus' teaching was known, even though it hadn't been written in the Gospels. Even those, those days, you know, John says that if everything that Jesus ever taught had been written down, all the books in the world would not be able to contain them. But this is one of those phrases that Paul knows everybody has heard, everybody has memorized. He says, remember the words of the Lord. You know these things. And what are they? They're the core of what Jesus said and believed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Is this a great quote for us to memorize and remember during the Christmas season? It's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, I believe it and I don't believe it. You know, it's still, I believe it, and yet it still cuts against the grain. We know the Sunday school answer to this. Of course, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But emotionally, to be honest with you, if there's a check on the table for $20,000 or for $200,000, I would much rather that check be going into my account than out of my account. Not that I have $200,000, but... You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, well, is it really more blessed to give than to receive? I, I'm, my insight, yeah, oh, I know the Bible. I know the Sunday school answer. But in my gut, I'm thinking, no, I would rather, much rather receive $200 million than to give $200 million. Which position would you rather be in, the giver or the receiver? Or think about serving. You know, on Sunday morning, there's a lot of work to be done. People are setting up and tearing down and teaching kids and holding babies and singing songs and helping lead. And if people really believed it's more blessed to give than to receive, we would have 150% of people who come to New Life knocking on the doors in the morning saying, hey, let me serve, let me, serve. I want to set up, I want to welcome, I want to do hospitality, I want to, if we really believe in our hearts, it's blessed. So, I mean, so we know the Sunday school answer. But how do we move? And, 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 and here's the thing, it is true. We know it's true. But in our hearts, it's hard to set aside Jesus as Lord and to actually live what he says is true. And yet one of the themes of Christmas is it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus taught this principle throughout his ministry. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, he said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Matthew 10, 39, Jesus said, anybody who finds his life will lose it. Anybody who loses his life because of me will find it. Later on, Jesus would say, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. Have you found that this is true? The people who live for themselves are really unhappy. I mean, when was the last time you admired somebody who was narcissistic? When was the last time you looked and said, you know, that, that, that self-centered person, that self-absorbed person, that per he, wow, that's really mature. No, we admire the mom because she sacrifices and the military person because they are willing to give their lives for us and the leader who sacrifices for the cause. So in a sense, while we struggle emotionally to believe that it's blessed to give, more blessed to give to receive, and while we admire those who live sacrificially, we emotionally still struggle to live it out. That's why we need Jesus' example. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if coming to Christ has given you any encouragement, if forgiveness and peace and salvation and hope, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Everybody should look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Jesus here is our example, and Paul says, if you have received encouragement from Jesus' example of coming to serve and not to be served, then follow his example think the same way, live the same way. I love that he says, do nothing out of conceit. Um, here's the thing, even if you serve, there's a danger of that serving being self-centered and conceited. You know, sometimes I'll hear people say, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And you know, it's always somebody who says that, who's often is somebody who's part of the 20% who's kind of saying, I'm part of the 20%. Those 80%, they're below me kind of thing. I, don't, I know they don't mean that, but that's what I think what Paul is saying. When you serve, make my joy complete by being like Jesus and doing nothing out of conceit. Don't even do it out of conceit. Feeling like you're superior because you serve, you see. But this whole thing reminds me of an old story that I learned a long time ago. World War II, there were a group of American soldiers who were held in a prisoner of war camp by the Germans. Every day they were responsible for dinging and every day at the end of the day they were to return their shovels. There were 20 men lined up here at the end of one day and the Nazi guard counted the shovels and he could only count 19 shovels. He said, where's the other shovel? Who's hiding the shovel? Nobody stepped forward. He said, step forward right now. Who kept the and, and everybody knew it was going to happen if you stepped forward. If you hid a shovel, they knew it was curtain. You were going to die. Nobody stepped forward. Finally, he said, 
if the person responsible does not step forward, I will shoot five of your soldiers randomly. And so sheepishly, a 19-year-old boy with his head bowed stepped forward two paces. And the Nazi soldier took his gun, shot him in the head, and left him dead. And as the men walked away, they counted the they counted the shovels again. And they counted 20 shovels. And they realized that boy had given his life for his friends. That story really illustrates our struggle with giving, doesn't it? Is it more blessed to give than to receive? Intellectually, we know it is. We admire people who are sacrificial for others, who live as though it's more blessed to give than to receive. But when the challenge comes, when it is personal, when the moment of truth arrives and we have to make the decision, it's hard to be the one who steps forward and says, yep, I will give. Isn't this why we need Jesus' example and why it's so precious to us? If there is any encouragement in Christ, we first of all have to experience Christ. We have to not just see his example, but we have to experience his giving for us so that we can give out of his supply. Make my joy complete, Paul says, by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on that same one purpose. Jesus' example shows us it's more blessed to give than to receive because obeying God's commands, but because when we give, we are obeying God's command to us. I came up with a list of reasons why it is more blessed to give than receive. Giving expresses our trust in God's provision. When you give and believe it's more blessed to give than to receive, you have to trust God to be the one who provides for you because you're going to be generous to others. Giving focuses our eyes on eternity, not the immediate. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we give, we have to say, I'm living for eternity, not for now. Giving brings God joy. The Apostle Paul spelled it out. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. Giving advances God's kingdom. When we give to God's kingdom, he accomplishes his purpose through us. We become his hands and feet, his body. Giving connects us with others. The word offering in the New Testament is the word koinonia, which is also the word for fellowship. Giving people are more socially connected to other people. How do you picture miserable people? Miserly people are isolated people, right? Scrooge, lonely people. Connected with that, then, giving fends off depression. One of the contributing factors to depression is isolation. Study after study shows that when people volunteer and they give, there's more joy as they volunteer because they're helping others and they're connecting with others as well as, I mean, other reasons as, as well. Giving also feeds contentment. The proverb says the greedy person is never satisfied, never has enough. The eyes of the man is the eyes of a man is never satisfied, but the Bible says that when we are generous, we learn to be content with what we have, because God has said, "Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you." 
Giving is right because giving honors Jesus. It makes us like Christ. Jesus was the one who said the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. And when we serve, rather than going to be served, we we follow in Christ's path and steps. And we receive his joy, his reward. Now, lots of people are going to practice giving this Christmas for a lot of different reasons. Some noble, some not so much. Some will give because it's the season to give. Some will give because it's expected. You got to go to a party, go into a white elephant party, you got to give a gift. Or I got to give this gift to them because they're going to give a gift to me. Some will give because they want to impress others. Some will give because they like the reward they feel when they give. So they're giving, but it's really a selfish reason because it's what they get back that they're really motivated by, not the giving itself. But as followers of Jesus, let's give because we worship Jesus, because we follow his example, because he gave us this challenge. As Paul writes, remember the words of our Lord Jesus who said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. This Christmas, as we give, may God teach us. It really is more blessed to give than to receive. Heavenly Father, we need your award. We, we want to become more like Jesus. We want to walk with you. We want to hear the voice, your voice, calling us to serve and to help. Um, help us to trust because every instinct says, I would rather have more. I, I, I'm, I, I'm willing to give as long as it doesn't cost too much. I'm willing to give as long as there is a feedback loop of positive reward for me. Um, but Lord, it's really hard to give like Jesus gives where he left heaven for us and he goes to the cross for us and he suffers for us not even knowing if we're going to love him in return. So, Lord, um, help us to love as you loved us. Help us to trust as Jesus trusted in you, the Father. And may the world know that you're a good God. Help us to make disciples this Christmas by being givers like Jesus. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me. Who are you sharing spiritual conversations with? How many people are you praying for? How many people are you going to invite to a Christian, a church event? Or just ask. So what do you find meaningful about Christmas? See how God leads you some spiritual conversations this month. See how God may use your life. Hope to see you soon.